Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Issues 2018. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Ed Pavey, director of the Kansas Law Enforcement Training Center. Welcome to Issues 2018. Ed, it's nice to have you with us. Good morning, Steve. It's my understanding that you have decided to retire. What went into your decision about that? Well, several factors. Uh, my brother keeps asking me uh, when you're going to retire. He's uh, a little bit older than than myself, and uh, and looking at uh, where we're at with the training center at uh, presently, and uh, my age, and uh, come June will be 49 years in this profession. Uh, I think uh, uh, collectively, it's a good time to to step aside and let someone else uh, take the reins. Have you uh, enjoyed running the center? I mean, you've been out there for quite a while. That's a, a good uh, question, and yes is the answer. I've had uh, great staff uh, over the years, and uh, uh, they've made me look good, and, and uh, for that, I appreciate that. How many years have you been at the Law Enforcement Training Center now? It's uh, going to be 49 years. 49 uh, at the center? At, uh, oh, excuse me, in uh, law enforcement. Law, at Sorry. the Law Enforcement Center, then? At the Law Enforcement Center, 28 and a half years. 28 and a half, okay. I'm got to, I, I just love numbers. <laughs> uh Tell us about your career in law enforcement before you took that uh, training center job 28 and a half years ago? Well, I started uh, at a young age at 17 as a full-time uh, dispatcher uh, under Sheriff Vern Miller uh, at Sedgwick County Sheriff's Office and uh, progressed through the ranks uh, and retired as a division commander uh, uh, 20 and a half years later and then uh, joined the Kansas Law Enforcement Training Center. So what was the year then that you started at the center? Uh, 1989. 1989. And uh, that uh, uh, that is located, uh, for those who don't know, you're pretty close to Yoder, are you not? We're about a mile west and a mile south of uh, Yoder. We call it uh, uh, KU's Yoder Campus. Was that uh, at one time, uh, was that an Air Force base or something? It was a Naval Air Station with a mission of uh, training pilots. <laughs> Naval Air Station That's correct. in the middle of Kansas. <laughs> Back in World War II and the Korean conflict. Makes perfect sense, right? It is. <laughs> okay. Well, why did you, uh, let's take you back even a little further than that. Uh, why did you decide on a career in law enforcement, Ed? When I was at Heights High School, which uh, if you're aware is probably a notch or two above West High School. Oh, no. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Vern Miller came to uh, Heights High School to uh, have a career day, and uh, 15 to 20 of us uh, were in a room, and he explained about law enforcement, and uh, it piqued my interest, and I ended up uh, joining a cadet program that he was establishing for the first time, and uh, it took off from there. What year was that then? That was 1969. Is that the year you graduated? That's uh, seventy is when I graduated. Seventy, okay, okay. Uh, and uh, you've already mentioned, I think, one person who's influenced your career a little bit. That'd be Vern Miller. Uh, are there some other people who've influenced your career along the way, Ed? I think each of the three sheriffs that I worked with uh, over that twenty and a half years—Vern uh, Miller, Johnny Dar, Mike Hill—all brought uh, uh, things to the table that I admired about uh, them as leaders, and then. Uh, in the 1970s, I met an individual here in Wichita by the name of Larry Welch, uh, uh, who worked for the FBI and uh, became acquainted with Larry. And 
Uh, he went on to become the director at the Kansas Law Enforcement Training Center and then uh, shortly thereafter became the director of the uh, Kansas Bureau of Investigation. And Larry and I became close friends and I really truly admired uh, how he conducted himself and, and uh, what he taught me about uh, life and, and taught me also about uh, law enforcement. Anything specific about it? I mean, uh, just the way that they interact with people? Just their character and, and their behavior and, their, and how they conduct themselves around the public and, uh, and, uh, and, and staff. Okay. Some law enforcement agencies uh, are having difficulty in recruiting and retaining officers. I'm sure you've heard of this. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I think we're in a different generation of, of applicants uh, today. I think uh, today's applicant may be looking for a little more flexibility in the, in the uh, positions uh, in terms of weekends off, maybe evenings off, not having to work holidays. Uh, they may be looking at it from risk versus reward. Uh, do they get paid uh, quite a bit for the risks that they're undertaking? And I think you're fully aware of, uh, in today's environment, uh, the law enforcement officer is under high scrutiny, uh, being second-guessed in a lot of cases about uh, their decisions. So, uh, you know, in today's market, uh, maybe it's not a job that uh, everybody wants to, to, to mm-hmm. apply for. We're going to let you elaborate on that in a little bit about uh, the people being second-guessed and whatnot. Uh, mm-hmm. What would you say uh, to a person considering a career in law enforcement? I was going to say a young person, but even somebody who's in their 30s and 40s, I suppose, could start out, right? Uh, we get them at all ages at Do the you? training center, okay. especially the ones that uh, may be coming out of the military uh, later in life. and. Uh, apply to be a, an officer, but it's a great uh, occupation. It's a, a rewarding occupation if you like uh, working with people and helping people and solving problems, and uh, uh, it's a it's a very uh, humbling position, and uh, I think uh, we could use a lot more people applying that uh, would like to, to serve and protect. How many people do you actually train in a year out the center there? Uh, the numbers are pretty stable over the years. It's about 400 officers annually in basic training programs, and then another 10,000 in, in continuing ed. Uh, the the 10,000 primarily is the veteran officers uh, who uh, are working uh, out on the streets, uh, detectives, uh, patrol officers. They have to have 40 hours of continuing ed annually to maintain their law license, and uh, so we get a lot of uh, enrollments from what, that. What goes into that training then? It's uh, from A to Z. It could be a, a week-long school on accident investigation in the advanced uh, areas. It could be a crime scene school. Uh, next week, uh, we're conducting a three-day fair and impartial policing train-the-trainer school. So, I mean, they, they go from A to Z on the topics. Where do you, your uh, people come from that uh, go to the center? They come from all over the state. Uh, we are the central headquarters for all law enforcement uh, training in Kansas. To give you an example here in, in Sedgwick County, uh, Valley Center, Mays, Park City, Derby, Hayesville, Rose Hill, uh, Andover, all those communities send their officers to us at KLETC, as well as uh, the uh, other agencies around the state. There's 431 police agencies in Kansas. And uh, so we have a we have a big uh, client uh, group to take care of. So you're you're actually a state agency. We are a part of the University of Kansas, oh, well, which is a state agency. Sure. Uh, we're funded by the legislature, and uh, uh, we're considered a state I'm agency. Sure, one of the more pleasant aspects of your job is dealing with those folks in the legislature from time to time, Dude, quite frequently. <laughs> what you? How do you interact with them? Is it, I mean. I, 
they get a bad rap too. I mean, they just like we think they're all doofuses or something. There's only so, yeah. there's only so much money to go around, and they've got all the different uh, things that yeah. people feel are important: public safety, schools, uh, the courts. Uh, goes on uh, from that point. Do you have a budget process every year? Then we have a budget process through the university. Our funding comes from the legislature. Uh, matter of fact, I was in front of the legislature in 2016. And they granted us a, a new funding fee of a dollar twenty-five cents on every license tag. So every time you renew your license tag, one dollar twenty-five cents comes to our KLETC fund. We ask that you spend it wisely. We do. Do you think you do, or do you have too many lunches on the boss? No, no we're <laughs> a, we're a conservative organization. Run it clean and lean, huh? Right. Okay. Give us a little uh, short sketch of the training agenda. What, is, what, is, what do people go through when they show up there? When a new officer arrives at Keeley TC, they live in a dormitory uh, from Sunday night through a Friday evening. They get to go home on the weekends. And uh, uh, the course itself is three months in length, uh, 14 weeks. And the topics cover from A to Z. It could be accident investigation. It could be law, uh, driver training, uh, the use of firearms, the use of force, uh, verbal skills, uh, how to defuse, de-escalate situations. Uh, again, it goes from A to Z, and it uh, takes uh, three months uh, of basic training. What are the What are the obligations? Let's say somebody you've got to recruit uh, from Wichita PD or, or Century County Sheriff. Are they required to come to your center or not? I wear two hats at KLETC. Okay. One is the director of KLETC. The other is the director of police training for the state of Kansas. In that capacity, uh, I can license or certify the academies of certain uh, jurisdictions if there's a need. Uh, Wichita and uh, the police department and the sheriff have their own academies. Their own officers go to those academies, and uh, we do the same with the Highway Patrol at Salina, Kansas City, Topeka, Lawrence, and the Johnson County metro area has an academy that we license. Because you've also got all these, all these smaller towns, and many of them do have a police officer or two. 50% or just a little over 50% of the agencies in Kansas of those 431 agencies have five or fewer officers wow. employed in their jurisdictions. Uh, you're listening to Issues 2018 on the Intercom radio stations. Our guest is Ed Pavey, director of the Kansas Law Enforcement Training Center. Again, is uh, facing or facing or look, welcoming retirement here. Not too much further in the future, right? That's correct. Yeah, okay. Uh, Officer-involved shootings seem to be a... More common occurrence recently than in the past. Is there a trend there, Ed? You know, we've been talking about that. We don't think there's a trend that uh, that is uh, manifesting. We do think that there's more coverage of it by the media organizations uh, with a 24-hour news cycle every day and, uh, and uh, with some of the issues that have been surfacing around the, the country with high-profile shootings. Uh, the KBI here in Kansas tries to track that, how many shootings there are. Uh, and uh, I was just talking to the director of the KBI yesterday. There is no formal national database uh, that uh, tracks uh, officer-involved shootings, but I did uh, some research. The Washington Post has been tracking fatal uh, officer-involved oh, shootings. Yeah, okay. And over the last three years, they're all between 950 and 1,000 fatal shootings. So there's they're pretty stable in their numbers. Uh, there doesn't seem to be an increase or a decrease, but uh, I just think there's more awareness of it nowadays. You say around nine, between 900 and 1,000 a year over the past... Between 950 and 1,000 each year for the last three years. And it's an excellent point for those folks who uh, don't understand media and the way it works is, like you say, we do 
have a 24-hour news cycle now and a lot of media out there. And sometimes it seems like an event is being uh, covered, over-covered, but it's because so many people are covering the same story, right? And there's more awareness level then yeah. from that media attention to it. Um, so is there anything behind all this that uh, we should know about? Or is it the fact that, that uh, people have more guns or is anything like that? If, if we really knew the answer to that, you and I would both be uh, you think uh, so? famous right now. But, <laughs> but I tell you, the conversation uh, in the law enforcement circles is that we need to get back to uh, compliance. If, if individuals would comply with the officer's directives or commands uh, and, and not be reaching in their pockets or running or, or making quick movements, uh, that might go a long ways in helping reduce some of these uh, uh, shootings that, uh, that we've heard about. Yeah, but how do you get that message out? I mean, education, that's the message that you and I got from our mom and dad, probably. Education yeah. to, and the, of our young people in the schools, maybe. Is, maybe uh, the schools. Is a, is a good start. Yeah, at least part of the uh, civic class or something like that. Uh, maybe a, uh, a week-long. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Good idea. Uh, how important, uh, Ed, is the use of, of body cams by police officers? In today's environment, we're finding that it's a really a, a very important uh, benefit for both the uh, community and for the officers involved. It sometimes gets to a point where it, uh, it uh, captures the who said what and did what at, at what point in time. But I want to give an analogy of a, of a basketball referee making a call on the, on the, on the floor. And they go back, and there's a question whether the uh, uh, referee made the right call. And they, they zoom in on four different camera angles, and they still can't determine whether the, the referee made the right call or whether the call should be overturned. And body cameras are the same way. They will capture the moment that it occurred, but it may not provide all the answers that everyone's looking for. Do you think it's good, it's good to have them? I think it's good to have body cameras. I think the, the benefit outweighs the uh, the disadvantages. Tender, I've been told by the sheriff or uh, the police chief that uh, a lot of times you, you will bring in a uh, someone who's involved in a conflict, and they're, they're asking to see the body cam of what happened, and they change their minds when they see what's there. Sometimes it, it gives them more truth than they knew about then. And that's true, but uh, there's benefit and there's disadvantages to everything that we do in life, and uh, I think this is a benefit that uh, that uh, most people would agree that uh, a lot of times it can solve the answers to the to the questions. Uh, Kansas lawmakers have relaxed the laws for carrying firearms. Uh, you got any thoughts on that, Ed? You know, I don't share my personal opinion about uh, uh, some things. Uh, I will tell you that the legislators uh, enact the law or create the law. Uh, it's up to law enforcement to uphold the law, and uh, I do tell my my friends uh, outside of law enforcement that may be carrying weapons to be sure to train with them and be sure to understand the weapon, what its function is, and be sure to understand when you can use it in what type of situation. I mean, that's, that's just, critical. I'm just thinking whether uh, as, as a law enforcement officer it makes your, your job more difficult or just different. You know what I'm saying? It, uh, there's always been guns out on yeah, the streets, yeah. uh, and all law enforcement officers are aware of that. It's just now that everyone uh, appears to be carrying you, you one. Gotta, but basically, you have to think that whoever you stop on a traffic stop, there's, there there's could be potentially a gun, a gun involved. Yeah. And, uh, and, no, but they, law enforcement, there's no safety anywhere anyway, right? And, <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'll tell you another thing. Uh, we haven't seen a, a, a great amount of, of situations that have risen since the carry concealed. I know in law enforcement there was a there was a skepticism whether we were going to see a lot of 
accidental shootings and a lot of uh, people brandishing guns. And I think we've had some instances that have been reported, but uh, it hasn't been overwhelming. No. Uh-uh. Today's cops face people who have mental challenges more and more often. seems like maybe the mental institutions have opened their doors and let everybody out sometimes. I'm being facetious, but you have... Uh, uh, you have any thoughts on that? Do you train for that now, Ed? We train that in basic training. Uh, it's called special populations, and we train uh, crisis uh, intervention team training, which uh, uh, teaches de-escalation skills, uh, verbal, and uh, we also uh, uh, visit with people that have suffered from mental illness to get their perspective. And uh, But we not only deal with that uh, topic of mental illness, we deal with autism, we deal with uh, the elderly, uh, there's a whole special population that law enforcement typically comes in contact with. Yeah, and drugs. And I drugs. mean, just people, if these, some of these people are just high as a kite, I guess. Uh, I think uh, Sheriff Easter and uh, uh, others will tell you that uh, the crime being committed uh, here in Sedgwick County and elsewhere around the state and the country, a lot of it spurs from people's drug habits. As a matter of fact, he told me that on this, where you're sitting... <laughs> About three or four weeks ago. Okay. These very same things. Yeah. One, these drugs have a lot to do with That's right. They need crime. the next fix, and they need money to, to do yeah. it. And burglaries and thefts is the way to do it. In your training uh, curriculum, uh, Ed, do you, uh, do you have courses uh, that address racial profiling? We do. We've uh, been heavily involved in that since about 2010, and uh, we've adopted a uh, curriculum model called Fair and Impartial Policing. Uh, Dr. Lori Fordell is one of the nation's leading experts in uh, racial profiling and uh, uh, bias policing through her uh, research. Matter of fact, uh, her crew will be at Kelly TC next week for another one of uh, our trainer trainers to keep uh, plenty of instructors available in the state to keep this uh, training concept going. And it talks about implicit and explicit biases that everyone has biases, whether you know it or not. It may be as a result of the environment that you grew up in, but uh, sometimes they'll manifest themselves uh, uh, sub subconsciously, and uh, your perceptions, your behavior will be reflective of those biases. And we, we try to get you to recognize those and, and how to contain them. It's a good point because most folks don't stop and think, well, how do I think about people who are different from me? That's most right. people won't stop even for 10 seconds. And think about that. We well, just, they're stereotyping. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, what would your typical response be if you seen an individual uh, pushing a shopping basket around downtown Wichita on a sidewalk? Yeah. <laughs> what, your first? Hol homeless, drug addicts, something like that. That's right? your stereotyped yeah. uh, perception. Yeah. And you may have a, have a bias towards uh, people of that type. Okay. We all do, I guess. Share some thoughts. of You've already talked about this a little bit, but uh, overall media coverage of Crime and law enforcement. I mean, you've been at this, as you say, almost 50 years locally. Let's talk about locally. Locally, I think, uh, uh, in my perspective, uh, the media has been pretty fair uh, in the coverage of things that went on around here. They've called out law enforcement at times when when we needed to be uh, uh, given some scrutiny. and, and uh, But they're the first ones there to help us when we need help. And... Uh, uh, I look back at your career from the day that you started at uh, KWBB, I think, is, uh, back in the, was the late 60s, mm -hmm. early 70s. 1970. That's correct. And, and uh, you've been a professional uh, doing this for years. And uh, I know guys like Dan Dillon, who were with KFDI, and Ken Vandruff and others, and they've always uh, been fair and, and uh, somewhat well, the, balanced. The interesting thing is that at the local level, we see you guys and we know you. 
and you know us. That's right. We're, we're people to, to each other, as, as opposed to national coverage, something like that. Yeah, I hate to say this now, but I've always respected you. and uh... You can say it if you want to. <laughs> Nobody else tells me that. Hey, listen, uh, just a quick sidebar. Uh, 1970, started in June of, yeah, June of 1970 at KWBB. One of the first stories I covered was uh, a little disturbance at a place called Heights High School. And I saw Vern Miller up there. You may have been there. I was there. I was there. We didn't know it, but we would collide again. Isn't that amazing, though? You know, here we are 48 years later. It is. And and we're talking. Okay. Uh, Any dangerous situations in your career that came up that you've uh, stick out in your mind? Most guys will come up to something. but uh, Well, I've been involved in a few during the time I was on the streets in the the 70s. And... uh, they're memories, uh, distant memories now. You want to keep, okay, well, just, yeah. it's an interesting thing. If you're in a sheriff's uh, patrol, and I think about highway patrol as well, uh, and you're covering a big geographic area, but I bet sometimes at night you're out there all by yourself, there's nobody within 20 miles of you, right? Well, back when I was on the streets, uh, I worked uh, second uh, detail, which was the uh, 3 to 11 shift, and on some nights we only had four officers, uh, deputies in the entire county. Wow. So. Typically, you would make a call by yourself, and if backup was on its way, it might take uh, 15 or 20 minutes to wow. get it to you. Yeah. Uh, as you face retirement or welcome it, do you have any regrets about your career? No, no regrets whatsoever. I think I made the right choice uh, in the, uh, that career choice back when I was a young uh, youngster, and uh, uh, it's been a, been a great ride. Hey, what are you most proud of? My uh, wife of uh, 42 years coming uh, next uh, Monday, and... Uh, uh, my uh, three daughters, uh, and their great husbands, and uh, nine grandkids, and and uh, the uh, career that I've had uh, through the throughout I, I the forty-nine years. I was kind of years. wondering. I knew, I knew you'd say that, but I thought it's kind of working about the career. Most proud of in your career, the way you have passed on your influence from these other guys. You think? I hope that I've been able to mentor yeah. a few individuals. There you go. Uh, uh, both at KLETC and maybe back uh, in my Sudbury County uh, Sheriff uh, Department years, but uh, that's what you always hope for. Okay, what are you going to do with your time if you when you retire? My wife won't let me retire because she knows I'll drive her crazy. Well, my <laughs> wife has said the same thing about uh, kind of stay out of her way and out of her routine, and I've uh, said that's fine. I'm going to. Uh, do uh, whatever I feel like doing. I'm going to spend a little more time watching some of the grandkids' activities that may have missed over the years and and uh, maybe do a little more fishing. I think I've seen you at a couple of those uh, activities. You and I have been uh, to Bump some of the basketball games. basketball games and so forth. Yes. Well, it's been an interesting uh, uh, run for you, I'm sure. And you've got you. It's like you, you get a kind of a ringside seat uh, on our community over the years and, and what's happened here in Sedgwick County and, and in Wichita, but also... Uh, you've got a ringside seat on the entire state now. you got these people coming in, and uh, are, are the young people who you see really that much different from, from our generation? No. We like to think that they're, they're not as smart as us and, and so forth, but is there a big, big difference, you think? I just think they have a, maybe a little different perspective on the work environment. Uh, again, flexibility, uh, weekends off, or maybe the salary ought to be a little higher. And, and uh, I can just tell you from the law enforcement career, it may not pay the best, but it's pretty steady work. Yeah, well, there's, there's always a need for a good law enforcement officer. But uh, we, just on the on behalf of all, all of our listeners and and uh, folks who've known you over the years, it's been a pleasure working with you, Ed. And it sounds a little bit like an obituary today, but you know, it's when people retire, it's, it's always have a little bit of flavor. Like we will see you around somewhere. I'm hoping you will. You'll see me more of the granddaughter's basketball games that we uh, frequent and. Uh, 
and I'll still be around. Uh, I'm not uh, not going anywhere. Okay, so you think fishing? What kind of fishing do you like to do? I uh, do a little bit of channel cat and bass fishing at uh, at the lake. At the lake, and that's that's about all you can. That's all you can do. Channel channel cat and bass. And there's a carp now and then. There's a case of carp that will bite. What's your favorite? I'm, I'm killing a little time here. Okay. What's your favorite bait? My favorite bait, just typical worms. <laughs> it, works, it works out great. <laughs> you dig worms, huh? That takes me back to my childhood. Wow. All right, well, listen, again, uh, we wish you all the best in your retirement, and uh, we appreciate your, your service to our community and our state. And thank you so much for spending some time with me, Ed. We really appreciate it, sir. Well, thank you, Steve, um, for taking the time to uh, to share this with us. Our guest is Ed Pavey, director of the Kansas Law Enforcement Training Center, for a few more days. And that's all for this edition of Issues 2018. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 